good fellowship. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else, amen, but with God's people. And I'll have to be honest with you, I have wonderful brothers. I have two left. I have two sweet sisters that's left, uh, blood sisters, and uh, a lot of kin folks that we love and they love us. But I have to tell you, I'd rather be with you. Not that I don't have, not that I don't enjoy. My wife and I gets to go down to our home, and and some of them comes up here every one. They make the trip up every once in a while, and we certainly enjoy being with our folks, Amen. But I'd rather be with you, my my spiritual brothers and sisters, because we're going the same direction. We're headed for the same place, and uh, that makes it that makes it good, brother Jason. It's so good to have your beautiful little daughter with you. I don't know if she got on the list or not. Great to have her with you. Hallelujah. All the rest of you, amen. I told Liz a couple of times how much we really get blessed when they show up. Amen. And Maria, it's so good to see you. You're a worshiper and a praiser. and You fit right in here. All the rest of you, amen. Great to see you in God's house. We may not do much else, but we're gonna, I, 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 kind of break this down for people who don't quite understand what we're doing. There's people come, preachers, Brother Green, that come in and wonder how we do this, and they raise their eyebrows, and I don't think we're a mega, we're certainly not a mega church, but they wonder about the spirit of worship and the spirit of praise and, and, and the good feeling, and the, you know, and I said, there's three things, three things that you have to do. I'm, I'm a pretty easygoing guy, but there's three things that we just hammer on. And y'all know we get on the subject and stay on it. We get off a while and then we get back on it again. Number one is prayer. Jesus said, my house shall be called the house of prayer. Can't quit praying. You gotta pray. You have to pray. You have to pray. Pray without ceasing. And there's so much in the Bible about prayer. And then you have worship and praise. Brother Green already quoted the scripture out of, out of Psalms. He inhabits the praises of his people. So we're gonna praise and we're gonna worship and we're gonna praise and we're gonna worship and we're gonna pray and we're gonna learn how to praise and worship. That's number two. And number three, we have to have the word of God. It's forever settled, folks. Amen. We're going to get in the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Three things. Listen, there's a lot of other things, but you break it down to those three things right here. You know, I've seen people come to worship. They come to a musical, and they'll, but then there's preaching. They don't stay for the preaching. You're just getting halfway there, part of the way there. If you, got, if you mix those, you know, you'll always be lacking something. You'll never be in control. You'll never have authority over your own body or your own life, if you just get one of those things. You can get in the Word. We've seen folks in the Word that could quote the Bible backwards and forward, but had a spirit or an attitude like a Missouri mule. You can learn the Word of the Lord and still be hateful and still be judgmental. But you mix those together. You get prayer and praise and Word. You get a steady diet of that. And your life will begin to change and you'll see things differently. Amen. You'll see people differently. I struggle with this today. I struggled all day yesterday and I don't do this too often. Usually I get zeroed in on what to preach and what to speak, what I feel like the Lord. But I really, really struggle. But I knew what God's doing. I know how, he's, I know how he works by now. He just like puts me out there. Amen. Book of Matthew chapter five. 
uh, I'm just settling in. I'm still a little unsure, all right? But I do trust God's word. Hallelujah. I do trust God's word. I trust God. Hallelujah. Amen. And this is called the Beatitudes. Beatitudes. Settling in on something. And we'll just go. Well, it's no, it's this, this kind of sermon, this kind of message that has no end. So y'all don't, don't worry. We'll just, we'll have a stopping place, all right? Told some people that's why we that's why I do notes. I used to never. I used to take a back of a blank check and write a couple of scriptures and preach off of that for thirty or forty minutes. But but now I, I, I have a lot of notes, and there's two reasons for that. Number one, I forget things, and number two, there's a stopping place. <laughs> but on this one, I don't think there's a stopping place. I'll just have to watch you. When you quit, I'll be quitting. All right. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 5, beginning at verse number 1. And seeing the multitude, he went up into a mountain, and when he was set, this is speaking of Jesus, his disciples came unto him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Verse 12, rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Hallelujah. There's a lot of preaching and teaching in that whole bunch of scriptures right there. We certainly won't get to all of them, but we might make a few points to help you along. It's Christmas season. Amen. We're busy and if we're not if we're not careful, we'll get too busy and we'll just leave God out. Amen. I don't want God down on the list way, way, way down here. Amen. That's the, that's the thing that keeps us from being idolaters. An, an idol doesn't have to be a graven image of some sort that we bow before every day. It doesn't have to be that. It can be things, situations, times. It could be husband or wife or job, car, how. It could be all kind of things that takes up our time. But we need to make sure in our list, you may not have a literal list, we need to make sure that God is right on the very top because he said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things, what things, all the, whatever can get on the list or whatever's on your list, he said, all these things will be added to you. you. You'll get all of those done. You'll get that done, but you have to put God first. Amen. Turn around, shake a couple hands. Amen. Smile. Amen. Tell them how much you care about them, how, much you th- how handsome they are. Hey, y'all. Hey, man, we're, we're slim up here today, man. Where's Chad? He ain't up here either. Hallelujah. 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 Might as well get a drink of water while they all fellowship. Break out in a fellowship meeting back here. That's right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are a friendly bunch. Somebody said, if you don't want your hand shook 
on your neck hugged a lot, don't come to this church. Because we're going to hug your neck, shake your hand. That's how I said that right, didn't it? Yo. <laughs> yeah, in California, they say yo, it means something whole, whole different from us. Like, yo, dude. No, to us, yo means yo Bible and yo microphone. and <laughs> That's what it means to us. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. These scriptures here uh, are, are part of what we call the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes. This is several, a couple of names for them here. Amen. It's when Jesus sat down up on that mountain and began to express things. He expressed the very core of his message of the kingdom in this one sermon here. This is, you know, this, this is good stuff that we not, we may not run the aisle. We might, okay, but normally you don't run the aisles and dance when we, we study or we look at these beatitudes or this sermon on the mount. Some say it is the New Testament. Uh, it's to the New Testament what the Ten Commandments are to the Old Testament. It's a very pure, very pure form of God's message here that he's talking about. These things cut right down and get right down where we are living. Hallelujah. In this fam famous setting or this sermon here, Jesus outlined what true righteousness is in comparison to the false righteousness of the Pharisees, and that's what they were dealing with during that day. The Pharisees were the religious or one of the religious sects of the people around it. Beatitude means simply blessed or happy. Amen. Does that, does that seem fitting coming from Jesus? Now, there were times that Jesus rebuked and, and he did other things and he called them hypocrites and he called them whited sepulchers uh, full of dead men's bones. So he wasn't, he wasn't a wimp. He didn't mind standing up and, and, and taking a stand on situations. He wasn't just sweet all, no, no, no. no but he had that disposition and he could teach about the love and teach about the power and forgiveness and law. He could do all of that, amen. But true repentance is a change of heart and behavior. John talked about it, I think, in, in, in Matthew uh, 3 and 8. John the Baptist demanded that people uh, produce fruit for their repentance, Amen. So, so there was a change to be take, to take place. It was expected out of people who come to God. James went on and said this in uh, James the second chapter. I got a few scriptures here. If you can keep up, that'll be fine. If not, we we can quote most of them, and most everybody else can. But verse seventeen of that second chapter said, "Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone." Faith is a subject that a lot of people preach and teach about today, but it's almost like if you have faith and you don't have to do anything else. Faith, it's the foundation for all the other stuff that you need to do, all right? It's the foundation for the action. He went on and said in verse 18, he said, yea, a man may say, thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Right. So basically, James was simply saying, if a person says they have faith, they can say it all they want. But if they don't do anything right or do anything good, if they don't change for the good, then they just don't really have faith. They just say they have faith. That makes sense? Oh, you have a lot of faith, have a lot of faith. Well, what are you doing for God? 
This is the challenge right here. Amen. He went on talked about the poor in spirit. The word poor is the same word translated, and we don't like this too much as Christians because we like to say, I was just a poor spirit, poor in spirit. Amen. But it's translated as beggar in the King James Version. I'm the, in other words, I be, my spirit is just like that of a beggar. I have nothing. Hallelujah. Amen. It's used to describe Lazarus in the story that Jesus told of the rich man, amen, in Luke 16. It means to cower. It means to cringe. Now, in our society, especially in this country, we're proud to be an American, and we put our chest out. You know, we like to sing, if you don't love it, leave it. <laughs> and I kind of like that. My flesh loves that. But to be a Christian, and y'all know that a better word for Christian is slave, and we don't like that either. But Paul said, I've been purchased. I've been bought with a price. Right. What will that do? A slave, it, you, if you're really a slave, you, it will humble you. It will make you meek. Right. You will be lowly. That's what Jesus was. Hallelujah. The poor in spirit are those who have nothing in themselves of which to boast when they stand before God. Now, the Pharisees were just the opposite. They wanted to tell you how much they did and show you how holy they were, you know, and how righteous and how well they knew the scripture, but, but that, that's not what God said was the right way to go there. They realize that they have a fallen nature, all right? Hallelujah. The poor, the poor in spirit, what we're talking about here, amen. And no righteousness in themselves. I can do the very best that I can and I can really, really make some progress, amen. And the moment I think I'm really making progress, I just lost ground. The, long, the, moment, the moment I think that I got all this right and now I have a right to stand in this pulpit and preach to you and lay hands on you, amen, and speak the word, that's when I, I go backwards. That's when I mess it all up. I have to continually know that I am unworthy. I've not arrived yet. Anybody hear me? It, it, I have to, it has to be, you know what? You know what? And I think that's a, that's a James Kilgore spirit. I didn't really know what it was for years and years. I just loved to be with him and around him and close to him. And he was the same, one of our most powerful preachers uh, that I can, I can think of, like J.T. Pugh, he was another one. And Merle Ewan would stand in the pulpit, and he's been in this pulpit a couple of times at least. And, and when everybody's shouting, Merle breaks down and he big, big tears. I called him, he gets that big old puppy dog look. And he would talk about things and he was an orator and he, could, he, could, he was poetic and he could write a song and a poem and, and, and he loved stories and he wanted me to tell him stories. I have stories uh, that I haven't told you, believe it or not. And he wanted me to, and he would make something out of that. I'd sit beside him one day. We were in fellowship down at the Louisiana campground at somebody's uh, uh, camp and, and I sat down and he said, you got any stories for me? And I said, "Well, I got a few, but I just some of them's pretty long." But but he would he was he was humble and he was meek and he could tell me some stories that I really really liked. But he, it's the way you tell a story, and he could make it hilarious and make it funny and humorous and just. But I, those men had like James Kilgore and Merle Ewing and J T. Pugh. They 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 had something. They never arrived. 
And let me, tell, let me tell you about Merle Ewing. He preached here one night. I thought he just did a, you know, he, he talked about when, you know, that the, the Egyptians hated the shepherds. Egyptians didn't like shepherds. Shepherds, that's what we are. We're shepherds. That's what Joseph was. He was a shepherd. And he preached that that night and said a lot of good things. We went out to eat at a, a diner down here. And probably two, maybe three times, Sister Kim, he asked, he asked me if he did all right. Did I, did, I do, did I do you right? Did I preach good enough? And that's that, that's that one of those very few people that would confess after years of preaching and seeing many, many you know, souls come to God and healings and miracles, not only this country, but they traveled in foreign countries and, and great things happened, yet he, had, he still had what it took to ask, did I do all right? I don't want to hurt anybody. I wouldn't want to hurt you or hurt. I want to do you good and bless your church. I said, Brother Ewing, you knocked it out of the park. You, you don't have to worry about that. Let me just reassure you. And I've always said this, a, a true person of faith, a true person, there's, a, there's no more insecurity in the world than a Pentecostal, Jesus name, Holy Ghost preacher. Amen. If you would confess, if you would confess that because we operate by faith. You don't, you don't really, you don't have it nailed down yet. If you did, you wouldn't need faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things, now I don't see any evidence. I don't feel anything special. I didn't hear an audible voice. I don't hear God's choir singing and telling me, you're doing all right, you're doing wonderful. And now I'm so, no, 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 you hear nothing. And so you just step out on faith and you just trust God's word to do its work when it goes out. That's what I want, amen. And listen, that'll make you weep. That'll break you down. Let me just stop right here. You got it all figured out? When's the last time you broke down and wept? Don't answer me. Don't raise your hand because you'll continue to have it worked out. You'll continue to have it figured out. You'll continue to go in your direction. You'll know just right and you'll disagree with anybody and everybody because you got it. But the moment that you let the spirit of God in and take total control of you and you begin to weep before the Lord, that's when your attitude and your spirit and everything about you will change. That's what caused Paul to say those things I used to love, now I hate. Those things I used to hate. Now, what what happened there? There was a there was something that took place not in the head, all right, but something took place in the innermost being of Paul's individuals, right down in the middle here. We used to say it, it got in under his gizzard, and it changed him. You ever you ever see that? You know, I know you have. You seen that? I've seen. I've, I've talked about it here before. You know, it's one of those times that you wouldn't answer. What do I do? What do I do? Well, you know what? I, I, I'm just gonna, you know, just just keep praying, keep showing up for church. Now it's been a while, but I've seen two sisters that just out with each other, just out, just don't like each other. Listen, you get to not liking somebody, and you add fuel to the fire. The more you think about what they did to you, or either, let me tell you what: if you just think they did something to you whether they really did or not. It does just as much damage as if they really did. You know that? If the enemy can make you think they did, it does the same damage. They said that to me. They looked at me that way. They answered me. They weren't nice to me. And on and on, I watched two sisters and they were like, they didn't like each other. They didn't care who knew it. (laughs) 
Oh, would you turn loose the Holy Ghost? Now, some folks don't have nothing to do with the Holy Ghost. Oh, it's a little too spooky for them. I got it all going here. I'd be like Chad. The guy's, you know, he's changed up and doing all these things. And he, he's still smoking his dope, and he's still you doing this. And Chad just laid and listened to him a while. And he said, well, how's all that working out for you? In the, in the ditch and didn't even know he was in the ditch. Going the wrong way, didn't even know he was going the wrong way. Let me tell you, you release and you get folks around here praying, just release the Holy Ghost on somebody. Whoo, you may fight me because you can see me. Amen, but you can't see the Holy Ghost. He'll beat you up, have you down, have you whooped. That's worse than whipped. You get whipped, that's one thing. You get a whooping. <laughs> he can put a whooping on you. You can't see, you can't see. I watched, I watched this. I said, I don't know what to do. That's sometimes I don't, it's not like I have all the plans laid. I just, like, I just don't know what to do. And that's how I come to God. God, I don't know what, I don't know what to do. Both they're good people. I love both of them. They're sweet as they can be. They work in the church. They bless the church. They help. You know, but they don't like each other. One guy wouldn't come to church. He said, I ain't coming to church. There was a guy who's been accused of child molestation. I'm not coming back. I said, you, you're not coming back to church because I, I, he was accused. I, we don't know. State police wanted me to, they thought I was protecting him. I said, I said sir, ma'am, if he's guilty, I want him to go to jail. I know, I, but I don't know, just like you don't know. The guy said he wouldn't come back to church because of child molester, or accused child molester. I said, well, you can't even go to the mall, can you? You, man, it just cuts you out of everything. You can't even go down to the mall. Why? Because there may be a child molester down there somewhere. You can't do that. But that's what people do. That's an excuse of the enemy. Listen, I'm a, I'll, I'll worship right beside anybody. It don't matter who they are, what they are, what they've been accused of, because my God, this is the last place I'm going to let somebody run me out of. You can act right and not act right. Hey, I'm, I, I'm not here for you. I'm here for, I'm here for Jesus. But in our insecurity, we prayed, God, I don't know what to do about these two ladies. God, just, just Lord, you know, you, you can do anything, God. You know, you, and, and you know, listen, I, I knew them, and they were both pretty strong and tough. I didn't want to get in a fight with them. But I watched the Spirit get to move in here one night. Just the Spirit of the Lord. I mean, Spirit just moved in here. And I looked over here and I saw this one. Tears streaming down. I looked over here and I saw this one. Tears streaming. That's called brokenness. And somehow, I didn't do it. And somehow, they just met in the middle. And they just embraced each other. Tears just kept on flowing. I said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Ghost. That, that's, that's the working of the Spirit. You know, that's why we're going to keep on praying. We're going to keep on worshiping. That's why we're not going to let anybody, even a demon-possessed person, we're not going to let them stop this church. In, in the olden days, in the olden days, listen, somebody got a demon, guess what? You shut down everything and you focused all on not here. You're not doing that here. At praise and worship time, guess what we're going to do? We're going to praise and worship. Amen. Preaching time, we're going to go ahead and preach. Because the enemy, one of his tactics is to distract you and us. 
I remember moms going and taking their babies out and little children, ooh, that's a demon. There's somebody with these foaming at the mouth, eyes roll back. I know that's ugly. We don't like to talk about that. It's not sophisticated anymore, but that's what happens. Amen, and moms grabbing their little babies, put Bibles on them, do the whole. Let me tell you something. You're protected. Whether you have a Bible or not, you're protected, and if you believe it, amen. And so what we do here, we don't let them do it right here unless there's no church going on. Take him out. He wants to bark like a dog. If he wants to levitate, he wants whatever he wants. You can do it out there. We're worshiping right now. Amen. We're going to preach right now. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know what? We, we love authority, don't we? We love we, when the authority of God comes to power. You love it too. Amen. You don't want to just be like, ooh, what do we? You let some demon come in and, and run the service and tell us when we can preach. Oh, we got to shut everything down because there's a demon. We're not doing that. We have power over that. We have authority over that. We do it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We release the spirit of God and it's sweet and good and peaceful. Hallelujah. I feel some church right now. I feel some shouting. Amen. I almost hear the music going here. Hallelujah. But this is what Jesus was talking about. Amen. And enter something inside of us that will change a person's life. And that's what the world is looking at. Listen, they done got caught up in religion. You know, everything's got to be done right, decently, and in order. And that, that's scripture. You do that. But, but you don't need to order. God. You know, that's why we don't have too many. I've been to folks, I've been to church. Y'all, I now know why the Lord didn't give me anything to preach, okay? He just, just, just wouldn't. Have y'all ever been to a place where everybody has to say their part? I've been to churches where everybody's got the part. We've got the scripture reading, got the prayer. We have, some, we have a semblance of a, a order here, you know, we, but, but we kind of leave that kind of loose where we can move in the spirit and take a little more time here and a little less time. But be, as folks, listen, I was brought up, amen, country churches, you know, we were, you know, we just a handful of people, but everybody had to testify every service. There's a reason why we don't let everybody testify. Because you don't know, you don't know what people's going to say. <laughs> so you just kind of keep your hand on that right there. You know, like, hey, no, give me that mic. I'll take care of that. Give me that, give that back. Sorry. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. I'd like to pick them out myself and hand the mic on. Testify for us. Hallelujah. Amen. But, I, but, but, but you ever... I, I do like my, my bishop. I just, he just passed this on, this spirit on down to me. There's people who have their song to sing. Another song. Then you got this, you know, I've been, I went to a church, Chad remembers, uh, I think he might have been there with us. We went to church where they, they sung, they had the guy with the, with the song book and he opened it up and I think they sung eight uh, congregational songs and he was up here, you know, doing a great job but I mean, I mean, he was doing the whole deal the whole time, and and folks, you know, the house was full, and they were like just sitting there, looking at him, you know. And I'm thinking, and I, I, I didn't take much psychology. I, I took enough psychology in school just to get myself in trouble, but but I do remember a couple of things. I, th- I figured that right out. I said, you know what? I said, they know something's going on here, and I couldn't quite figure it out. They just like. You know, and they once in a while wanted to clap, once in a while. But, I mean, he was working hard. And literally, I, I literally, I'm not joking, eight full songs, all the verses, all the choruses, you know, the whole deal. And I'm like, I'm wore out. I'm just, I mean, I'm, I'm, and I was taught to worship, so I'm standing up on the platform. It was, somebody else was preaching, but I was, I was up 
on a platform and I was with them and man, I was worn out after about five songs. And on about the eighth song, Brother Ruck, I saw people started getting up. I mean, immediately. They just got to get praising and got to shouting and got to pray and got to running around. And I said, mm, I got it. Mm, I got it. They already knew he was going to do eight songs regardless. <laughs> they already figured that out. That's what they did. And so they said, man, we ain't wearing ourselves out here. Oh, five, eight songs. So we're just going to wait till that last one. They were going to get up and just give a little praise. And they ran the aisles. They, I said, mm-hmm. And so I just start, I started telling our folks, they said, if you're going to worship, you need to come on and worship. We're going to do about two songs here. And guess what? If you don't worship now, you're going to get left out. Hallelujah. Just figured that right on out. But, but everybody has to do their little part. I remember coming with my song. Believe it, I used to sing with a trio. And I sung lead with the trio. Man, I, we did pretty good. I, they covered for my mistakes. And man, I just, I did all right. And, uh, but, but, you know, uh, I've been left with no song. You know, my song was, I'm ready to go and I didn't get to sing. But I learned right off that like, it doesn't really matter if I sing or not. But my bishop used to tell me, he said, if I think you came here to sing your song or do your testimony, here's how he would do it. He said, I'm going to make it my business that you don't get to sing your song. That's going to be part of my job. He said, if, if you come for any other reason than to give praise and worship and magnification to God, I'm going to see to it that you don't do it. It's, there's, a, there's, a, there's something bigger than me singing my song. If it'll bless somebody and help somebody and it'll be part of the program, then that's good. But if I'm coming up there just to show everybody how good I can, how well I can sing, there's a lot of showing out in church, folks. There's a lot of showing out, showing out talent. I'm not against good talent. Amen, just do it for the glory of the Lord. Amen, but we gotta make sure, we gotta get this inner person here right. And we do that, then it really won't matter just so long as God gets the glory. Amen. Amen. If somebody gets delivered and somebody gets the Holy Ghost and somebody gets baptized, that's really all that matters. Is this all right, folks? Amen. Hallelujah. So what Jesus was dealing with here was the arrogance and the pride of the Pharisees. That's what he was, it was there was exceedingly proud and arrogant spirit here and that's what Jesus, and that spirit's still around folks, amen, these Pharisees made a, you know, made a display of their spirituality by, 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 by wearing religious garments and trinkets on the edges of the garments and it all meant something and, and they also made a display of their prayers and, and the Bible says that they prayed long prayers on the street corners, amen, in the corner you can be seen in more different directions than in on just a regular street here. They were in love with themselves and they despised others and they were quick to judge because of that. And Jesus responded to all of this self-righteousness with the, the story of two men praying and the publican standing afar off and not lifting up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Oh, that caught God's attention right there. That's what he's looking for, not a bunch of 
self-righteousness, not of I've got it all together and look at me how wonderful I am. No, 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 no. No, I am unworthy to be in your presence, God. I am a sinner and I am in need of your help and your blessings. Amen. But he said, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased. I love this scripture here. And he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. That's in Luke 18, verses 13 and 14. Amen. You want to be justified? Humble yourself. Go ahead and confess that you don't know everything. Hallelujah. Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 9. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Verse 9, not of works, lest any man should boast. Our approach to God must be one of humility. Not a lot of that around. Not a lot of that around. Amen. We cannot come to God expecting our good works to count for salvation. He just said our good works are like filthy rags to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. God is not impressed with people who think they're entitled to anything. Peter explained that our very first act when approaching God should be repentance. Acts 2.38. What do we do? First thing you do is repent. Well, I don't have anything to repent for. Well, you need to repent for that. <laughs> I've been good all the way. You need to repent for your self-righteousness. We got we to understand that. Amen. Hallelujah, our works of righteousness do not glorify us, but it glorifies him. Hallelujah, Matthew 5 and 6, amen. I'm I'm gonna gonna try to not go long today, all right? Is this okay, just, all right, all right. Amen, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your, see where the glory goes? Glorify your Father which is in heaven. Hallelujah, not you and not me, amen. We, we should never think our good works or our good deeds earn anything from God. We can't, it's like people fast. I'm gonna fast 30 days and then I'm gonna be spiritual. No, you're gonna go nuts like a lot of people do. It's people, literally, it's people lose their mind on a 30 or 40 day fast because they they got the wrong idea about it. I'm just, man, I'm just gonna do. And here's, what, and here's another little thing right here. I don't claim to have authority and power other than that that God gives me. But Brother Green, you know this full well. There's people who pray longer than you, fast longer than you, and there's one little thing in there, little night, and the Holy Ghost revealed this to me many years ago. Yeah, this person wants to be more spiritual than their than their pastor and more spiritual than their bishop, and, and they want to marry him spirit. Like like here Moses married that Ethiopian woman. Who does he, does he think he's the only one God talks to? You, you, I don't want to read anything into that, but I, I can pretty... I, I, pretty quickly I can take a straight line and go right into the, what that really means like God talks to me too well sure he does but I don't care how much he talks to you he's not going to give you more authority than your bishop or your pastor's God just not he just doesn't have it he just doesn't have it set up that way but that little I'm going to be ahead of him and I'm going to make decisions and you know I told one pastor here not too long ago about a certain person I said you know what they already they already didn't picked out all the wrong and all the bad and, and every flaw in your church, that's what they do, what they do. They think that's all right, amen. But I come to church to worship. I come to, I come to church to give honor and to praise. You, you can't let one little thing mess up the whole deal, but some folks do. 
I'm going to look past a lot of things where I can see the glory of the Lord working in an individual and working in a church. That's how you get the blessing. You know, and you just learn those things along the way. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So we have to recognize our utter dependence upon God. Amen, that all of our blessings and all good things comes from him. And when we recognize that, we can truly give praise and honor. We don't have to work it up. We don't have to do it just on the right, on the right song if they sing the right song for us. And it, no, no, that's not it. You don't need a song, amen, if you understand these things. Without him, I can do nothing, amen. I, I'm, I'm totally under his authority and under his power. You know, this is a people who are always worried about the church is gonna require something that they don't wanna do. What? That's the, that's the battle with any kind of a standard that the church might have. I, I hit on it just maybe last week or so. Every business has standards. Every school has standards. Every, you know, every organization has certain standards. You don't just walk in and say, this is the way I do it. There was some song, David Smith, y'all know David if you, if you do, you know how he is. He was singing some song and he was, had the wrong words to it, the whole deal. And he was just, I said, I don't think that song goes there. He said, that's how I sang it. <laughs> you have to know David. You know? That's how I, well, that's how we do. We walk in church and we just figure, this is how I do it. Well, how's that, how's that working out for you? How many souls are you winning? How many Bible studies? How many people's letting you pray for them for the for them to get wet? How many, how's that working out? I mean, I'll just answer for you. It ain't working. You need to learn how to submit and humble yourself. Work, hey, do your company the same way? Well, I, I don't care if y'all do start at seven o'clock. I, I don't come here till eight. If you sat in the state, you breaking this. You oh, you're just gonna do? Oh, okay. Don't care what the dress code is. It's, how, it's what I wear. Oh, okay. It's the same thing. It's the same attitude. We don't do it with nothing else but the church and walk in and start looking around. Let me tell you something. It's been preachers, amen, prophets. It's been men of God for years who figured out what's good and what's not good. Let me tell you, a lot of these are buffers. Standards are not salvation. They're not how to get saved or not get it's it's how to it's it's a it's a guide rail or guardrail that keeps you from going over the cliff. In fact, that's what most of the Bible is for. The purest form of God's, you know, truth in God's word is the Ten Commandments. But everything else is built around, amen, as buffers to keep you from doing committing adultery and lying and stealing and all the other stuff. All that's just stuff, amen, to keep you from breaking the Ten Commandments. Well, this is what standard preachers who live this life and deal with people every day. You know what? Listen, standing outside a bar room probably is nothing wrong with that. But as a pastor, I'd set a standard. I'd say, you know what? Find you a different place to stand. Drunks are coming in and out. That's not, it's not that you can't be saved camped outside the door of a busy bar room, but it's just not a good place to be. You could probably be saved if you went out and put your tent in the middle of 140 out here for a little while. I'm not saying that's bad, but the state police would come along and get you and write you a big ticket and maybe take you to jail. But I'm not saying you can't do that. I'm just saying that's not a good idea. And that's where the standard is. Let's just get over on the side of the road. How about it? That's all in the world standards are. Hallelujah. Let your light shine before men that they may see what? Your good works. And we figured that out in standards change depending on the pastor, depending on the location. 
They may see your good works. And you know what? There's people in this world, they're looking for somebody that's got it together. Even though they don't have it together, amen. And when they see somebody that's got it together, they're more apt to glorify the Lord, especially if that person, amen, gives glory to the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Psalms 34 and 18, the Lord is nigh unto them that are of a, watch this, a broken heart and saveth such as he of a contrite spirit. Let's all stand together. I'm not done yet. I got plenty, plenty, plenty. I'm not going to do it. Hallelujah. I tell the story about my brother-in-law. Watch people get the Holy Ghost. Louisiana camp meeting, thousands of people come. We're on the balcony watching them just crowd to the altar. And uh, raised in the church, but never had the, never received the Holy Ghost. Went to the altar a few times, but it just didn't, didn't happen for him. He didn't understand how faith worked. And I asked him, I said, James, listen, would you like to go down to the end? He said, no, he's no way, no way. He's a great guy. No way I'd go down in all that. See, that wasn't part of his plan. He, he's, a, he's a thinker, and he's got a really sharp brain, figure out things, smart. But he didn't have this figure. He thought he did. But, but, but the Holy Ghost came on me in a form of anger when he wouldn't go down. And I said, James, let me tell you something, son. And we're close to the same age. I said, if you ever get the Holy Ghost, it'll be in just such a situation as that right down there. And it worked, and my prophecy come true. <laughs> he couldn't get, see, he had it figured out. When I get ready, I'll just go down. And he had it all pictured in his mind how it was all going to happen. He didn't want nobody, nobody's bad breath on him. He didn't want nobody laying their hand. Listen, I protect, listen, we the worst bunch when we start praying, people trying to get people prayed. Well, I know we are. But people, I don't want people touching me. I don't get you know, which of that within itself kind of makes me mad. I'm kind of like Morel Cornwell. It starts in my feet when people start complaining. You know, they're, listen, they're trying to get you saved, dummy. Amen. And then you griping about it, complaining about it. And I've, I've, I've always, I've told people so many times, Sister Kim, I said, you know what? These people are so sincere. God's done so much for them, and they want, they want you to have it. Maybe they did touch you wrong, and maybe they did mess your hair up, and maybe they had bad breath, and, you know, maybe somebody said hold on, and somebody else said turn loose, and got you totally confused, and maybe they did, but they're, they're sincere, and they mean to help you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But, but he had it all figured out. Well, I'll just, but let me tell you something. He wasn't broken, like the scripture says. Hallelujah. No brokenness in there. You know, when I went in, they, they, I didn't have a heart attack, but they, he said, you are on the brink of a heart attack. This was on Friday, and the doctor wanted me to go to the hospital right then. I said, I'm not. I got, I've got church this weekend. And I'll see you on Monday. He started pulling out little. He was the doctor was nervous. Heart doctor. He's professional. He knew what was going on in there. He started taking him little nitroglycerin pills. Hey, take one now. Now he take this, put that in your pocket. I'm gonna call. And not only to give me the little card, he wrote his cell phone number on that. You call me. 
But after I got to the hospital and they went in to do the catheterization thing, and you know, they lay on that table and they, you're kind of twilighted. You're not out, but you don't feel anything. And these two doctors putting that thing up through this main artery up in there, and they got to, one of them said, we can't do anything with this. I said, what do you mean you can't do anything? He said, you're going to have to have open heart surgery. Well, at that time, me being the whatever kind of dope was in me and drugs, and I was like, really? Man, I was just kind of funny. almost. Yeah, really? But by the time they got me back to the room, and my wife was in there, and that news started soaking through, I said, hey, I ain't doing this. I'm getting out of here. She said, no, you're not. You don't have a choice. That, that, that's where you have to be when you, you have to understand that. We, we, you know, we're, we're, we're made in the image of God, folks. And there's a reason there's a little, I can do this myself. See, it's kind of a catch-22 there. Like, it, it, it's good and bad. He's like, I, I, I can just do this myself. No, 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 no. You, you kind of like God. You're not God. <laughs> that's the part you got to get. So that's the struggle right here. We have to break all of that down and, says, no, and understand this. No, I cannot do this. I can't figure it out. I can't pull it off. So what do you do? You, you're broken before the Lord. Listen, listen, sir, you're about to die. That's what the, that's why I got what got me on the little pill, you know, the little blood thinner pill and the little heart pill. I wouldn't do this. I mean, that's what that's why people like me are probably are called to preach in the beginning. You're just kind of hard headed and you're tough about it. I'm not doing that. I don't even take aspirins. I don't think nothing. And that day I was buttoning my shirt back up. My little Jewish lady doctor over here, behind my back, she said, "Mr. Curry, I'm just trying to keep you alive a while longer." It, it, that hit me. It hit me where it hurt. And that's the day that I agreed. Sir, all I'm trying to do is keep you from going to hell. All, right. all, all right. I'm trying to, that's all the standards are for. That's all the message is for. That's what the shout's about. That's what the preaching's about. That's what the prayer's about. It's not about, and I, I'm not trying to make you uncomfortable, but this is not about you being comfortable. This is not about doing what you want to do when you want to do it and being the boss. That's not what it's about. It's about keeping you out of hell fire. And there's people that are going there according to the scripture if we read the Bible. And that's what this is about. I can just preach it and I can just say it and the rest of it's up to you. Praise God. But that's my job. Let's just love the Lord together right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Touch us today. Touch us today. Touch us today. Touch us today in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We love you today, God. Touch hearts, touch souls in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let me close with this. I know we've got schedules and probably now it's the toughest, uh, probably of any other time of the year. And, and we, we're busy. We just got this and that to do. But, but, but listen, don't, don't try to put Jesus on, fit him into your schedule. You know, I've always said this. Let me tell you what, let me tell you what Jesus, coming to Jesus will do. It will mess up your schedule. I'm, I'm just not going to try to make any excuses about that. When you sell out to him and you put him at the top of the, and then you can alleviate all of the idolatry. I don't know what your idolatry, it may be your job. Maybe, maybe football or golf or I don't know what it is. 
but you put Jesus up there first. Hallelujah. And you watch God begin to touch you and help you and work in your favor. And that's what I want. When God blesses you as individuals, guess what? The church gets blessed. Hallelujah. I want you to be blessed. I want you to get a raise on your job. Amen. I want you to make money. I want you to bless your family. Hallelujah. But I'll be like Brother Nugent. If you eat, if you eat beans and rice, I'll eat beans and rice. If you eat steak, I want some steak too. <laughs> Bring me some steak. Hallelujah. God bless you. You're wonderful. Amen. You put up with me. Amen. I hope I can be a help to you, be a blessing to you. Hope I can be some strength to you. Amen. If you listen to the word of the Lord, I believe that will be taken care of. Hallelujah. Let's pray one more time. Amen. Lord, we want a revival. Amen. I want a personal revival. I want it to break out. I want my neighbor to, to be a part of it. I want this church to be a part of it, God. That only comes, Lord, through us, Lord, humbling ourselves under your mighty hand. Amen. We just pray in the name of Jesus. We believe it. We accept it. We thank you for it in advance, Lord, that your people will be blessed. Your people will be blessed. I release it now. Hallelujah. I release it now. Help, Lord. Hallelujah. Hope in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Somebody shout amen. 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 God bless you. You're wonderful. Amen. We'll let you get out of here. You've probably got a lot to do. It's a little after 12. Thank you for giving me liberty. Amen. Don't forget to pray for the Carr family. Continue. Talked about it Wednesday night, uh, Thursday night. Amen. These are wonderful people. They're still going through their battle, and they will be for a while. Amen. Bless the cars in Jesus' name. Amen. Dismissed.